food is so personal and our groceries are so personal. We don't care where our shoes come right. from or our clothes, right? But the food we're putting in our kids' lunchboxes or dinner tonight is coming from this person who's bringing it out to my car and who's texted me throughout the process. I mean, getting a 15 or 20 second video text from my butcher saying, hey, these cuts of meat look fantastic. They're in stock today. That's new. That's available to us. And getting the grocers to start to use their imagination right. is exactly the, the evolution that we're starting to see in the stores. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Digital Grocer, Mercedes Barry on podcast in Las Vegas at Grocery Shop 2019. Right. This is the wrap up episode, uh, so which is kind of sad. Well, I, we've, we've done a lot. We've done a lot, right? <laughs> we've done a lot. We've done a bunch of shows, yeah. met a bunch of retailers, and you know, to kind of do a show recap. But it's, it's the last episode. From, from, from here, it's okay, not. Our, it's just, not just a, be clear about that. It's not our goodbye episode. It's not because our guests are going to shut this one down. No, well, not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we're joined by two important people today. We have Jeff Baskin from Flyby Radius Networks. Networks the Flyby name of our powered company. by yeah, Radius. Flyby Pickup is the name of our uh, <laughs> curbside solution. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. No problem. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, from Shopper Kid, Jad Record, CEO. Hello. And I got to say thank you because you're taking the red eye because of this podcast. I'm getting on a later flight to be here with you guys. I'm excited about it, though. <laughs> thank you. Jeff, tell us a little bit what your company does. We're here for, for Flyby Pickup. We have a location-based curbside solution. So what we're able to do is, is to tell the store when Sylvain is 15 minutes away and provide a really accurate ETA mm -hmm. for them. And then we're able to take along the journey some points along the way. So operationally for grocery stores, they typically want to know when they're about five minutes out. And that alert to the staff is then able to tell them, mm -hmm. let's go get everything from the freezer. Let's destage the entire order. And then I'm going to be able to be, essentially be waiting for that customer when they pull up into the pickup zone. And we're able to do kind of alerts when I've pulled onto the property and then get really precise accuracy on the pickup zones and when someone's entered a pickup zone. So right. really automating the entire process for the customer as well as for the staff. So we're today, you know, retailers are relying on an individual walking into the store or texting yeah. or calling some sort of phone number. I mean, what kind of results are you seeing after you've implemented your technology? Yeah. So what we're seeing, what what almost every retailer has told us who has a manual solution where, like you said, I'm, I'm texting or I'm calling or I have to go to a call box um, and wait in line. Um, typically, wait times are around somewhere in the 8 to 12 minute range. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they actually have no idea because right. <laughs> the people are out there and a lot, we've talked to a lot of people today that are literally out there with stopwatches trying to figure it out. A woman today said that they had a 35 minute wait time the last time they did it when they, wow. when they watched someone. So wow. they're all over the board. What we've been able to do is when everything works properly, which so far across my fingers, it has been with the retailers that we're currently in, almost all of our orders mm -hmm. are under two minutes with the majority of them being under a minute. Wow. Yeah. So we've, we've been able to yeah. really get those wait times down. And ideally, in, the, in, in a perfect world, someone is literally waiting for you when you pull up into the pickup zone and you have that aha moment, mm -hmm. that wow moment. So mm -hmm. that's what we've been able to uh, accomplish here. So it's been it, great. Is the interest in your solution, I'm just kind of curious, right? Do you see it more geographically on one side of the United States versus another? Because I'm kind of curious. I think that solution in the Northeast would be amazing when it's like, below minus well, Canada would be minus right. 40. 
Is that a case or is it just no? I don't know. It's, it it's um, we've got partners all over. So I think okay. it's um, East Coast, West Coast. I think yeah. everybody. No one likes to wait anywhere. Yeah, yeah. one minute's better than eight, regardless one, of where. One minute is right. better than eight, regardless <laughs> yeah. of where yeah. you live. So yeah, so we've been we've uh, have not had any geography um, specific uh, areas. Right. So awesome. Yeah, and Jack, tell us a little bit about Chopper Kit. So uh, we're a great partner of Mercatus. We are kind of the fulfillment side of the coin. So whereas online orders come in through the Mercatus platform to the stores, once they get dropped in the stores, ShopperKit kind of takes over from your basic blocking and tackling on the picking side all the way through fulfillment orchestration with hub and spoke type of fulfillment from dark stores, warehouses, micro fulfillment centers, et cetera. Uh, and then inside the store, communication platforms, specifically around things like substitutions and additions, but also around integrations with things like Flyby, where Shopper Kit's the system that's alerted when the customer's five minutes out. That unstaging process that Jeff talked about happens within Shopper Kit mm-hmm. so that we're waiting in the parking lot or the, the grocer's employees are waiting in the parking lot with the totes when the car pulls in. But it's also a, a very interesting five minutes for impulse buys, mm-hmm. right? That same messaging that came in to, to trigger the unstaging is now an opportunity to send a text to say, it's 95 degrees in Georgia. Would you like Coca-Cola and mm-hmm. a Snickers bar? Or it's mm-hmm. minus 40 in Canada. Can we get you a hot coffee or something yeah. like that? So the impulse buy aspect of that has been very important and interesting at the show. I think a lot of the CPGs are actually starting to figure out that you know, e-grocery is here to stay. And particularly the people who make their money at the checkout counter mm-hmm. are trying to figure out how to leverage uh, Mercatus, Shopper Kit, and Flyby together to say, how do we communicate with the customer at the right time? You try to sell somebody a Coca-Cola when they're sitting in front of their computer in the morning, maybe putting in their grocery order, probably not that interested, don't want the calories. Mm-hmm. But it's 5.30 in the afternoon and they want that sugar rush and the kids are in the car. That's an opportunity to really do right. something. So all fulfillment. That's great. I want to I want to ask you a question, Jack. It, you know, when we talk to grocery retailers, this this notion of the ecosystem and that ecosystem is very present in the partners that mm. deliver the experience on the website and on the mobile application, but it gets lost mm. the moment the order is submitted into the store. Yeah. And is there a reason for that? We're, you know, I hate to use the phrase, but we're kind of the redheaded stepchild. The sexy part of the conversation happens in the front of the store with, we're talking about predictive analytics and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But inside the store, there's so many opportunities to, to one, reduce labor costs, Mm -hmm. right? Let's get the volume that we're talking about. The estimates are saying somewhere between 15 to 20% of overall revenue is going to be online by the year, say, 2024, 2025. Mm -hmm. That's a major shift in a short amount of time. Being able to use your stores as fulfillment centers in a, in a profitable way right. is a very important yeah. thing. We're at that point in the conversation Absolutely. now where we need to be looking at money. So reducing labor costs and increasing basket size weren't necessarily things that people were looking at when it was only 2 or 3% of overall revenue. Mm-hmm. Now that it's breaking the break in that barrier and we've got, we've got conversations around delivery. I mean, part of the conversation around delivery is people think they want it delivered to their house because they think they're going to spend 20 minutes in the parking lot getting mm-hmm. their food. If they realize that they're basically putting the car in neutral and popping the trunk and then the baskets are being loaded mm-hmm. inside two minutes, right. all of a sudden that changes the paradigm and the cost of everything. Absolutely. So I personally am very happy to see the conversation start to enter into the store, into the warehouses and into the actual parking lot. Uh, but you're right. It's taken a little while to get here. And I, do people understand from your world, Shopper Kit was born from your team's expertise in actually implementing complex systems in distribution centers yes. and warehouse. Warehousing. And it's two different things. Absolutely. 
But it's, a, it's an important aspect. It's a great question. So things like optimized pick paths and mm -hmm. multi-order picking and zone picking, those are all things that should be leveraged inside of a grocery store. But a warehouse is a highly prescriptive environment that I can control. And, and we have a mantra to kind of do what the gun says. We want our workers in the warehouse not to think. They should just do exactly what the next thing in line is. Okay. Different conversation inside of a grocery store when you're a mother and you're pushing a, a, a baby stroller down the aisle and all of a sudden somebody comes around with a, a multi tote e-commerce cart mm -hmm. and you're trying to, to compete with that that person needs to be able to say okay I'm, i'll come back right? right i'm not going to do what the machine tells me to do i'm going to use my mind i'm going to go on and maybe come back to this picking later so yeah it's an absolute uh there are things inside the warehouse that are applicable to the grocery store again to reduce labor costs to increase pick times and mm -hmm. accuracy but it needed to be done in such a way that was better for retail right absolutely mm -hmm. jeff when you when you guys are implementing your solution I mean, you have certain criteria that define success. What does that look like in the eyes of a, of a retailer that's thinking about implementing your solution? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, it's, it's wait time. It's, right. it's that wait time that we talked about. It's getting that down from that eight or 30 minutes down to almost nothing. That's first and foremost. But it's also staff efficiency. So some of the um, pickup areas or in the retail stores have three or eight people. Mm -hmm. The ones that don't have the resources to go hire more people to really have a good experience, they can use the same three people. And by having, for instance, an integration with like a shopper kit, all of the information and data that we're processing and passing to the staff through a dashboard, we're now able to do it through back-end integrations. Mm -hmm. And the same tablet that they're using to go pick groceries and, and do what they're doing, they're now going to get an alert on that same thing with the same notifications of that, hey, Jack is going to be here in 15 minutes. Jack is now five minutes away. And hey, let's put, let's put this order to the side for now because I got to go take care of Jack and I want to be out there waiting for him. So right. the staff efficiency is a really big thing for the retailers. And the ROI piece is, is obviously really big, right? So if my click and collect is 3x that of an in-store order, the ROI is pretty good. If I can get you know two or three more customers to do pickup than come in-store, it's paying for itself. And I can get more of people to do that. So um, those are kind of some of the factors that they're looking at. Excellent. And Jack, not necessarily a similar question, but you know, and I've talked about this, when you're implementing technology, you're having to undo <laughs> certain behaviors sure. or, or just quite frankly, bad habits that have developed over time. What, is that, what does yeah. that look like in your world? Yeah, there's a lot of learning that has to happen inside of a store. And, and again, it's a function of volume, mm -hmm. right? So if we're doing four or five orders a day as a grocer, we're, we're probably struggling to, to find the right staff, to mm -hmm. staff the stores, to do the right things, to communicate with our guests. You know, Jeff said something very important. He uses the word Jack and uses the word Sylvain. It's a face-to-face it's a -face when we're handing the bags off. And while the store is shopping for the guest, there's somebody in the store. It's Marion Produce and it's Ted, my butcher. And, and the guest, the online guest is actually visualizing what's happening in their local store while mm -hmm. the shop is happening. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting thing that's unique to grocery, right? That's why the bookstores and the electronic stores weren't able to compete when the big boys kind of came into the marketplace. Food is different. Food is about trust. So it's, it's, it's actually training the in-store associates to really be the eyes and the ears mm -hmm. and the hands of the online guests to represent them in the store. That's not necessarily something that historically grocers have had to do. They've right. always been about efficiencies and getting things in the right place at the right time. Now understanding that we need to kind of spread our wings and 
it's a skilled position. It's right. actually changing to actually having someone in the store that I trust to be my proxy. Mm -hmm. The technology exists to now do that. Whereas 10 years ago, people didn't have smartphones and it wasn't until maybe five years that texting is now ubiquitous, but getting a 15 or 20 second video text from my butcher saying, hey, these cuts of meat look fantastic. They're in stock today. That's new, that's available to us. And getting the grocers to start to use their imagination right. is exactly the, the evolution that we're starting to see in the stores. Yeah, I appreciate the way you're saying that. I mean, I think historically when you look, you would say that the grocery store, to a certain extent, aside from its position in the community, would, would have been faceless with the exception mm -hmm. of the cashier. Yeah, utilitarian. Like at the, 100%. The, right? That's a great way of saying it. But I think the reality is now this position becomes hybrid of a technologist, mm -hmm. extremely customer-facing, has to carry the sensibility mm -hmm. of the customer represent and represent the brand. And that's not easy. Right, no. It takes all. training, it takes vision, it takes... They're, they're well, just like, there are beer gardens and grocery stores today. I mean, that's, that's an evolution that we've seen in the last, what, five years? And it's a place of community, and it's a place where people trust. And again, I think that's a very important concept in grocery when we think about the Amazon, Walmart, Targets of the world mm -hmm. who want to make this entire thing about efficiencies and, and economies of scales. And if we, if we fight that battle on that battlefield, I think the grocery market's in trouble. Whereas if we invite the guests, the online guests into the store while their online shop is happening and represent what's happening, I, I feel like that, that competitive differentiator of trust, that, that really important competitive differentiator of trust is something that grocers can really sharpen in mm -hmm. the online world rather than say, oh, well, we lost this to Walmart or, or, or Amazon. That's, right. that's an interesting point because I've had a conversation the other day with a technology vendor in the space, and there's two really apparent models there's the the large distribution center or dark store type setup that is sort of squeezing out the human element mm -hmm. from the experience and then you have the traditional grocery setup which is uh, so reliant on the human aspect they both in both your yeah. offerings are anchored around that so where do you see that struggle unfolding i, well, I was going to say the what i've seen when i go on site and we do and we do this a lot is the people that are doing it right and that are implementing our technology, I was really shocked to see customers would be coming up and the people that are delivering their order out to them are giving them hugs yeah. and they're talking about their kids and they're <laughs> right. petting their dog. And it's like yeah. the people that are doing it right are, are it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I've never had that experience. Food is so personal and our groceries are so personal. We don't yeah. care where our shoes come right. from or our clothes, right? But the food we're putting in our kids' lunchboxes or right. dinner tonight is coming from this person who's bringing it out to my car and who's texted me throughout the process. I mean, it's an opportunity to answer your question a lot. The CEOs of grocers that I talk to that, that really consider their brand familial and their people their most valuable asset. When, when Tim Lowe from Lowe's Foods is in a store and they have this thing called the chicken dance. Mm -hmm. when, a, when a rotisserie chicken comes yeah. out, the whole store stops and they do a little dance. Yeah. He does the dance, yeah. right? And that's part of the brand. That's part of the reason people shop in the store. Those kind of leaders in grocery are willing to invest in their people in the store to say, how do I empower these people to talk to my online guests? When they go out to the car, they say, you know, some, there's some organizations in the world who would say, don't touch the customer. If somebody tries to hug you, keep a pen, especially in America, right? It's a litigious <laughs> society, right? Yeah. We want people who embrace that and say, this is a familial type of concept. That's the root of grocery, right. particularly here in the U.S. How do we build on that in the online world and, and bring that? And again, it's a, it's, a, it's a competition because if it's really utilitarian, it's really about efficiencies and it's just about getting a box that's, that's 
cold stored to my doorstep with the food I want in it that's a nameless, faceless thing, you know, that's a, it, the future of groceries in jeopardy. But Americans in particular don't really want to feel like their food comes from a warehouse down by the airport picked by right. some nameless robot. Right. right. They want to know Ted the Butcher and Marion Produce who knows how to pick the ripe avocado. And when they go in the store, let's not forget that online grocery doesn't mean that the guest is never coming back inside the store. They still come in two or three times a week for right. smaller right. shops. They say hi to these people. They develop relationships with these people. Um, so, yeah, I think that's absolutely where we want to be. Is it's the grocers who are willing to invest in their people to develop online relationships as the as the fulfillment process, as the pickup is happening. Yeah, and there is a fundamentally a class of retailers that understands that there is a balance between the brand overarching everything they do and then technology complementing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right. But I think there's also this the dichotomy of this other retailers that are just wowed by so much technology. <laughs> And, you know, we were talking about this. How, how do you become a better you in this space? Absolutely. As opposed to trying to be better against a Walmart or an Amazon. And you get, yeah, and you get lost in that seat. Yeah. And they're just trying to, they're trying to copy Catalan. So in, yeah. in the grocery space specifically, and I've been in retail for a long time, but mm-hmm. grocery is literally trying to play catch up from a technology standpoint mm-hmm. in a big way. So I'm not sure everyone knows where to go first. So mm-hmm. they're saying, I got to have Scan yeah. and Go. I got to have, um, I got to have Go stores. I got to do all these things. And someone said to me yesterday in a meeting, they said, we launched this and we piloted it for six months and we don't even know if our customers really want it or like it. <laughs> and, so, and so they ditched that yeah, um, right. and they're focusing on some other stuff. Okay. So I think they're, they're so scared of what's happening with Amazon. And, and to be honest, like with Walmart, Jack and I were talking about this the other day, like people should be a little bit nervous Absolutely. about what Walmart is doing. They're technologically way ahead of everyone else. I'm not saying that every regional grocer or someone else should ask to go out and do all of the technology at once, but they should be paying attention to what's happening in this space and what kind of what they're doing. Fight the battle in the, in the field that you are most comfortable. Why follow them down a supply chain path that you're never going to win? That's, mm-hmm. that's a field you're going to die on. Win in the mm-hmm. field that you're most comfortable with, which is relationships and, and right. a brand. And it's very important. What you said is exactly right. Do what you do. Just do it better and right. do it in the online world. If someone came to me and said, I have a quarter to invest in either machine learning, AI, and automation, or I can understand why my guests come inside my brick and mortar store and try to translate that to the online world. That's the latter. It's it's a no-brainer. Figure out how to bring them into the store, even though they're outside. Technology lets us do that today. Leave the automation and the other things. And by the way, you've got technological partners in us and in others who should be working on the machine learning and the AI. It shouldn't be up to the grocer to try to figure that out. You guys should figure out how to run your business, and then again, translate it into the online world so that uh, I'm just more comfortable ordering from my local grocer because I know who they are. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think the, the lesson learned when you, you look at Amazon, which I think retailers should take, they will find something at nausea, <laughs> even if it fails, only to learn. Sure, right. And I think that's where retailers... Fresh was that. Exactly, and retailers are a little bit afraid of that in the sense that okay, well, we shouldn't try this because, you know, failure is not part of our DNA and we don't necessarily have the culture of continuous learning. Yeah, that's dangerous. And that's very dangerous because then, you you know, you're into that rabbit hole and sure. you can't get out of it. Right? Fail, fail quick, but certainly right. if you're not failing, then you're not trying. Right, exactly. Right. Exactly. And learn from that. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you guys walk the show. Jeff, what are you seeing out there that's like, that's exciting. I think that has a future. And, you know, what does it mean for the industry? 
the last mile delivery, I think, where there was a lot of shipped had a big presence here. Sure. Those types of companies have a big presence here. We're here kind of talking about curbside pickup mm-hmm. and, and, and the in-store experience. The other stuff that I saw was a lot of the proximity-enabled marketing and location-based stuff inside of the store as well. Right. So not only are they looking to do no wait time at the curbside, mm-hmm. but they also want to have less wait time and kind of more product-based and location-based offerings when I'm walking down the aisle. So mm-hmm. I want to be able to communicate with that customer via their mobile device where they are in the store. So I think there was a lot of that, actually a lot more than I expected of that there at the show today. Jackson, question. Yeah, I, I think that for the first time, this goes back to Shop Talk, even prior to Grocery Talk, I think we are now in a position where we're seeing the best of breed players kind of evolve beyond their own hemisphere, their own best of breed, and start to integrate. So this is a great example, the three of us sitting at the table, Mercatus, Shopper Kit, Flyby, Radius powered by five or five by powered by radius. Uh, we can figure that out. But we, we can walk into a grocer tomorrow and say, we've effectively got a turnkey solution. Right. That, that's new. I mean, that's, you know, maybe a year ago we felt comfortable doing it. We have, but it's now in a, we, we can sit down and just without any hesitation with mm-hmm. a, with a retailer and say, yeah, there's no problem. Here, here's what he does. Here's what we do. Here's what Jeff does. And there's a few other pieces of the puzzle that we can bring in as well. That's, that's different. I think even a year or two ago, the grocer kind of had to reach out to each, each individually and put the pieces together. So we've developed relationships, and I think the marketplace and the, and the conference is, is showing that. Now, yeah, there's definitely some shiny objects out there. There's automation and there's, there's geolocation stuff and all the other stuff. But the true blocking and tackling of bringing e-grocery to the enterprise to get to that 20% of overall revenue is, is now in, in a position where the best of three players are all working together and, and can sell and, and support and train and learn right. and grow together yeah, yeah. And i think with instacart and shipped and all these guys who years ago said hey i gotta have delivery i gotta have e-commerce boom mm-hmm. i'm gonna plug them in some of them are starting to rethink that sure. and now they i want to own it if i can own it yep. how do i do that yep. do i have to go talk to like you said there's an ecosystem of partners that can come and do an integration exactly with their current stuff they own the customer it's kind of there's no branding on it uh, except their own. <laughs> right. They own the brand, right. and still um, leveraging and people like us are kind of behind all of it and making it work and making it work well seamlessly. And yeah. still leveraging Instacart and Shipt and DoorDash sure. and, 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 and all the people for the last mile. I mean, there's still a place for those people in the equation, right? Yes. They do what they do. The delivery side doesn't. You know, if you want to get into grocery, ten years ago you had to build a fleet of trucks and, and maintenance and insurance and gas and everything else. And that's changed. Changed. Right? We can leverage the gig economy for our last mile while still yeah. owning the relationship with our guests. Hundred percent. And I think the the one thing that resonated for me, technology aside, is is a few things that the ecosystem partners have matured and focused enough and are unbiased in the sense that three of us can sit down and not worry about the pie. Yeah. And right. just say, here's what we're each individually good at, here's mm-hmm. how we're gonna work together. You know, I would throw in the in market quotients, the sure. flip sure. that are part of that rich experience. Mm-hmm. And I think the retailers that swung the pendulum so far on delivery have realized, wait a minute, maybe we did something wrong here. And very small local retailers now were approaching us at the show and Mark and I, you know, and, and approached Mark and said, I think I made a mistake. And what does that solution look like that's mm-hmm. going to help me really compete that much better in the industry? Yeah, That's pivotal moment to hear that coming out. That's very, very right. much grassroots. That's kind of exciting, right? So, gentlemen, I got to say thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you guys part of our podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks uh, for having us. And for the wrap-up show. Mark, how can people reach us? Yeah. www.mercatus.com. And Jeff, how do people reach you? 
Uh, two websites, www.radiusnetworks.com <laughs> and flybypickup.com. Well, I'm going to get a nasty email from, from his marketing team. <laughs> shopper kit's just shopperkit.com at www.shopperkit.com. All right, folks, don't forget to tune in to our next episode. Thank you so much. Good. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye.